Good evening, and welcome to the Speakeasy Podcast. I am your host, Constance Willard, and this evening we have a phenomenal guest here with us. We have with us Dr. Sandra Wall-Williams, career strategist, an expert, consult, leadership consultant, and she's coming to us this evening to share some information that many of us could benefit from or can benefit from and can use. I am recording live from the beautiful Des Moines, Iowa this evening. So Iowa is in the house and being represented here at the Speakeasy. So without further ado, I am gonna bring Dr. Sandra Wall to the stage. And hello, hello. Hello, Constance, how are you? I am fabulous. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great, great. So, Dr. Sandra Wall, I know you are coming to us from North Carolina. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. But tell the listening audience who Dr. Sandra Wall Williams is. Now, I read your bio, <laughs> and the term I labeled you is heavy hitter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Yes, heavy ma'am. hitter. So come and share with the listening audience who you are. Thank you so much. And again, thank you, Constance, for having me here on your podcast. I'm so excited to be with uh, with you and your audience tonight. I love talking about moving forward in your career. And so as Constance said, my name is Dr. Sandra Wall-Williams. Wall is actually my middle name. <laughs> and I am from Raleigh, North Carolina, lived in North Carolina all of my life. And I work with women. Uh, mostly women of color, to break through the barriers that they have in order to move up in their career. So I also help them to gain clarity so that they will know what, what direction they want to move forward in their career. So I call myself a career strategist because I help you create those strategies to be able to move forward in your career. Okay, wonderful. Now, I was reading your bio, and I see that you are an elder in the Full Gospel Baptist Church. Now, come on, talk to me about that. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I am. I am an ordained elder in the Full Gospel Baptist uh, Church Fellowship International. And so I am also, of course, I'm an elder there, elder in my church. And at my church, I am responsible for Christian education and all the people ministries. I'm the director of all the people ministries, like women's ministry, men's ministry, uh, your couples, your singles, your golden agers, those kinds of things. So Christian education and all the people who take Christian education are, are I'm, uh, leading those areas in my church as well. Wow. Wow. Okay. I read that. I was like, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Quite impressive, quite impressive. Now, and you're also a former um, faculty member or instructor, professor with um, Chapel Hill. Am I correct? Oh, come on now. I'm a state oh, girl. I'm <laughs> I stand corrected. I get it right. Now, you know, we're, we're adamant about that in the so University of North Carolina. No, North Carolina State University. That's me. Oh, I'm, I'm just I'm Wolfpack. Oh, They're okay. Real Wolfpack. okay. All right. Okay, so I'm going to let you tell about that. Okay. Yeah, uh, anybody that know when you know North Carolina, you know that uh, the biggest rivalry in, in college athletics is North Carolina <laughs> State University and University of North Carolina. <laughs> but we all love each other. We all love each other. But but yes, I am a, uh, a faculty member 
at North Carolina State University, the College of Education. I'm also a consultant for the College of Engineering. Uh, actually, one of the reasons why I'm a career strategist today is because of some of the things I saw at NC State amongst women who were trying to move forward in their careers. And uh, before I retired, I was a senior vice president for all 58 community colleges in our state. I was over all the technology, the systems, the data, distance learning, all the things that made you know the, the community colleges work that was non-academic. The technology piece of it was my responsibility. And in those two particular positions, I saw where so many women uh, were not able to move up in their careers where they were. They had to move out and then come back in. But I saw there was a lack there. And I saw there wasn't a lot of people who helped others to move forward in their career. There were people who helped you to get jobs. But when you have a career, you want it to be something that you really love and enjoy uh, doing. You want to be able to get out of bed every morning and really love that. So that's one of the, those two jobs together kind of really made me want to, when I retired, go down in that road of being a career strategist. Excellent. Excellent. And so the community college system to me, I feel is just so important. Ooh. You know, I just feel that so many people get that good foundation that they maybe missed in high school, a little a bit of it, and they have a chance to go to the community colleges and get a stronger, firm foundation before they enter into a four year. Mm -hmm. Actually, so, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, ma'am. So just kind of walk us through, you know, how, you, what did you see working with students who are coming in fresh out of high school or maybe years later returning to the workforce and coming into the community college system? How did that work? You know, what kind of things did you see? Well, North, you know, North Carolina, a lot of people don't know this, but North Carolina has the third largest community college system in the world. So okay. our community, yes, our community college system in North Carolina is only smaller than Texas and California. And so uh, North Carolina has 58 community colleges. Every citizen in North Carolina is 30 minutes or 30 miles from a uh, system of higher education, whether that's four year or two year. And so the community colleges in North Carolina are structured just a little bit different. So yes, we have uh, people coming out of high school that want to go straight into community college and they can go two different ways. They can either do a college transfer which means they'll do their first two years at a community college and then transfer to one of the 16 public universities, one of them being NC State, Chapel Hill, as we've talked about earlier, or they can come in and get an associate's degree. Or as you described, Constance, they may have worked for a while and then they'll want to come back and get a different degree or a different career. They come back and they want to uh, gain other credentials so they can do something different. Or it could be continuing education, meaning, you know, I want to learn more what to do with my finances. You know, so we literally help people in every area of their life. I'm a trustee here at uh, Wake Tech Community College. I enjoy being a trustee uh, there. I'm appointed by the county, Wake County Commissioners as a trustee to Wake, Wake Technical Community College. And uh, we're at Wake Technical Community College is the largest community college in North Carolina. And we work with students in every single area of their life. I don't get to work with students per se, because I'm a, a board, a, a trustee, but uh, the community colleges across our state work with people in every area of their life almost. Wow, now that is something that I did not know about the state of North Carolina. That is just totally interesting. So it tells yeah. me that the system was planned very well. Oh yes. Where each student is at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Away from getting to educate by 30 miles. Mm -hmm. 
away from what they need to better themselves. Yes. Exactly. And so the next question I have, then we're going to go on to career strategies. Okay. So as far as, okay, they have the availability of the educational centers close yes. by them. Mm-hmm. What about financial resources? Oh, that's a good one. Well, again, you know, at every institution, whether you're talking about a community college or whether you're talking about a four-year institution, I, uh, you know, have my hands in both of them. There are always people on campus who can help with financial resources. Now, not now, you know, how you have your your normal things like your your Pell grants, your financial aid, those sorts of things. But there are also other types of scholarships that a lot of people, a lot of students don't realize. Um, one thing, you know, I tell students all the time or uh, not all the time. I tell students that I have, you know, uh, that I have communication with um, is that make sure that once you get accepted, in addition to applying for financial aid, like the normal, the normal route that we have to do, then also ask them, are there any specific financial aid for African-American women? Or for like for like for um, my my son, my mother died of a disease called ataxia, and there are specific scholarships for students who are heirs of people who died from that disease. So wow. yeah, I mean, I didn't know it either until you know I just I started looking, and so uh, a lot of there are a lot of scholarships that may not be a part of the financial aid package, but that's where your research comes in. That's where your research comes in. And um, I, I, I tell people sometimes, sometimes if you can't do that research or you don't know how, there are some people out there who it's their business to help you find scholarships other than the ones that, you know, you may get in a normal financial aid package. They may wow. not be listed there. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I need to get you back to talk about uh, educational planning and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's go into career strategy. Yes, ma'am. Now, I can say for myself, 30 years ago, when I entered into leadership, Mm -hmm. there were no mentors. Everything was trial by fire. Yes. There were no training programs. Mm -hmm. We did not have the internet. Mm. We didn't have Zoom and SkillPath and all these lovely things we have now. Yeah. And so, really, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. There was really no one available to help me structure a progression. So, you know, I did some research and some things I knew, okay, well, of course you gotta get a higher degree. I knew that, so I did that. But as far as different things that I needed to do. So what I did was I volunteered for special projects. Uh Mm -hmm. If they had special projects coming up and there was no financial incentive attached to it, I didn't care. That was my way of finding out things and learning things. And then two, networking at the same time, mm-hmm. trying to find a mentor. Yes. And so when is it best or when should an individual start planning their career advancement? That is an excellent question. And I will tell you, as soon as you work, get your first job. Now, whether that first job is when you are 25, 26 coming out of college or whether that first that first professional job is if you're 50 years old, it doesn't matter. But when you get that first job, that's when you should start your your career advancement. So many people, you know, I I see people coming into jobs and they come in with a great entrance plan, meaning I've got my I've got my new job. I'm loving this job. 
I went to school, I got my degree, I'm really liking this and everything. And so many people think that once you graduate college, uh, regardless of you know how when you graduate, that once you graduate college, that your career strategy ends. Well, that's really where it begins. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of the time, most of the time, and I don't know about you, but when I was in college, I was a math major. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And most of us, most of us don't, you know? And so I graduated NC State. I had a, a degree in mathematics. I literally had a bad relationship, didn't really know what to do next. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to grad school. This way I don't have to worry about dealing with that man. Let me just go, <laughs> let me just go on to grad school. So I went to grad school. I learned a little bit more about careers in grad school, but still I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So uh, when I graduated, I got my master's in math and statistics, and then I got my first job. And I didn't, uh, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And like you said, there were not mentors. There were not those people. Fortunately, my first job, I did have someone who uh, acted as a sponsor for me. I'll talk about that a little bit later if we have time. Um, But I didn't have someone to guide me through a process of career strategy. So I tell uh, people today that if you're coming out, coming into a job, when you come into the job, one of the first strategies that you should do is you have your entrance plan coming in, but you should also have an exit strategy. You come in with an entrance strategy, learning, growing, knowing everything that you can for that particular job, but your exit strategy helps you to move forward with a career. Your entrance strategy gives you a job and you work that job that you're on. But when you start that very first day or give yourself a week or so into your new job, you should be asking yourself, what is it that I want to do next? Where do I want to go next? And if it takes you longer, uh, however much time it takes you to do that. But And then when you're doing that, you should ask yourself, okay, if, if my next place that I want to be is manager, whether it's there or whether it's in some other place, what do I need to learn on this job so that I can begin to get the skills, the competencies, whatever it is, is necessary that's such that when someone picks up my resume, they'll know that I can do the job, the next job that I want to do. So many times we enter into a job and we do a great job where we are, but we're not preparing ourselves for the next. And so that's what the strategy is all about, because when you work with a career strategist, then that person helps you not only look at where you are now, but look at where you're going and then helps you to plan and do some specific things to help you plan out where it is that you want to go next and how you're going to get there. Okay. Okay. Great. And you know, you're right. When you first come out of college, I know for the first four or five years, I had no clue what I wanted to do, but I knew I I, want to work someplace so but i didn't know and like you said you don't know what you know mm-hmm. i didn't know what things were available to me as far as job options mm-hmm. so you know i was just out there taking a job here taking a job there until i found something you yep. know that i really liked and what i wanted to do and enjoy doing mm-hmm. and so the career planning mm-hmm. it has to start from day one i agree with that yeah. But, yeah. but what about for someone who maybe midlife has a career change Mm -hmm. and so they have gone back they've gotten a different degree or some additional training or whatever and they're looking for a career change 
how does that person approach career planning? Because they probably still have 20 more years to work. Right. So if you if you have gotten a so say that um, and I'll give you a, a, a particular example. So my neighbor across the street, she has been or had been a teacher for at least 20 years. She taught ninth grade mathematics for about 20 years. And then she as she began to teach mathematics, she realized that she had a nurturing. She loved nurturing. She loved taking care of people. So her change, her, her change, and she was probably around 43, 44 when this happened, because our, our sons are, 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 are best friends and uh, they were around the same, uh, they're the same age. And so that's how we communicate all the time uh, with each other. But um, she said, she came to me and she said, Sandra, you know what I think I want to do? And I said, what? She says, I want to be a nurse. And I was like, wow, now that's, uh, that's going to be me going back to school. And you're not going to be able to use any of the things in terms of the, the, the college courses. You're not going to be able to use any of those college courses that you had to be able to put those towards nursing school. So she knew that. So she went back. She found the right program for her. She wanted the program to be online because she didn't want to you know, have to stop teaching because she needed to have income coming in. So she found the right program for her and everything. And so she did that. She got her nursing degree. And now she's working on her master's in nursing. And um, she actually has changed careers. She's no longer a teacher. And now she is uh, actually over uh, the nur a nursing uh, squad there at one of our the at one of our hospitals. So the thing about it is, is that when you change careers midlife, you have to, number one, be ready to determine, do I need to go back to school? Mm. Do I need to get certain certifications or questions that you have to ask yourself? And if the question to any of these things that you might need, like certifications, uh, like degrees, you know, there's there different kinds of impact they're going to have. Because if you need certification degrees, you've already talked about that earlier. Your finances yeah. are going to get impacted. Yeah. So are your finances ready for that? Do you have the time to go back to school? Does going back to school or going whatever kind of education it is, how is that going to impact your family? You got to put all of that into consideration because you don't want to start down a path that you're not going to finish. Okay. And so you got to take all that into consideration. So if you're midlife, uh, when I say midlife, cause I'm past midlife, I'm 59. <laughs> so I'm on the other side of midlife. Right. And so when you get to that point, you really have to ask yourself, not do I just want to change careers, but how is making this change going to impact every other area of my life? And if it's a positive thing and you're ready to do it, then move forward, take the classes, get the degree, that sort of thing. And then everything else that we've talked about earlier still holds. When you go, go when you make that change, like my friend, she made that change into nursing. She knew she did not want to be a floor nurse forever. Nothing wrong with that, but she knew that's not where she wanted to stay. So she did what she needed to be able to do. She took some additional classes once she became a nurse. She did some additional things, and now she manages nurses. So, you know, whenever you want to move forward in a degree, like in, in, a, in a career, like I said, you have to have that entrance in, but then also that exit plan to get to your next step. Exit doesn't mean that you're going to leave the career completely. Exit means that I've got to get to my next step and what am I going to do? So midlife is no going from one career to another in midlife. There's no difference in that than any other. It's just that the age that you are and you have to take other things into consideration other than just going to school.
Yes. And you know, I look at it, I know for myself, every job that I have had, it was a stepping stone. Yes. And it was preparation for what I do now. Yes, ma'am. My very first job, I worked during the Christmas holidays at J.C. Penney's, <laughs> wrapping gifts. I hated that job. <laughs> I do not like wrapping gifts to this day. When they came out, the person that invented the gift bags, <laughs> he's my hero. He is my hero, okay? And so they moved me from wrapping gifts and moved me into the, heart, into the hardware department selling fishing gear. Hmm. I love the fish. Oh, okay. so that, that worked out well for me. Plus, you got a commission, and I loved it. Oh, wow! I loved it. I could talk to them about the equipment. I mm -hmm. could talk to men and women about all, and they would look at me like, "Well, how do you know?" Well, uh -huh. I've been fishing since I was three years old. Oh, wow! And I could tell them all these things, and so mm -hmm. it was a stepping stone. Cool. That piece there brought the salesman part of me, but also the interaction part of me of being able to interact. Ah, mm -hmm. So then years later, I went into teaching. And then when I left teaching and went into nursing, mm -hmm. teaching is still there because nurses, we educate. There you go. So it's a step in everything that you do in like every job. I tell young people this all the time. Treat it with importance because it is. It's yes. preparing you for something better. Yes. It is preparing you for something better. And that's like that entrance exit we were just talking about earlier. Exactly. It's the exactly. ladder, entrance exit. I mean, everything, everything counts. Some people think, well, you know, I only I did this job way back here, it doesn't count, but you learn something from that job that's gonna help you in a future, in a future yes. of your career. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what advice or what tips do you have for someone in a place of stuck in their career? They feel like they're stuck. Wow. Well, you know, I wrote them down. I, I didn't want to forget these. I, okay. I wanted specifically to share. So I've given, okay. I've given one already, and that okay. is the entrance exit plan. You know, so many times we enter into a job and we enter it like we're going to stay there forever. But mm -hmm. and so this kind of goes into number two. And number two is, is to document whether you do it on your computer, whether you have a notebook and you document it there, whatever you do, but document your lessons learned. Every time you do something, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whether it's a negative experience or a positive experience, document it. You talked about earlier networking. You know, mm -hmm. that is something that is so important. And when you network, you know, you want to be able to document who did I meet? Uh, did I follow back up with them? Those sorts of things. So part of, part of your entrance uh, entrance into a job and then your exit strategy to move to your next level would be to document your lessons learned, document your struggles, document your experiences, document everything that you're doing so that you're preparing yourself for the next job. Now, the another, another one that I would leave is that uh, I had a... Um, when I was the senior vice president, the chief information officer reported to me. That's the guy that's over, you know, a person. I shouldn't say guy, because but it was a guy that reported to me. But that gentleman that reported to me, he was over the, the different aspects of the technology. So when you're at that level, I always interviewed them. And I took, I took uh, uh, personal, had my hands in their hiring. And the one question that I asked, the one question I would always ask someone is, what would make you leave this position? 
Because I need to know. You're at the very high level and you're reporting to a senior vice president. I need to know. If you leave, then that's going to leave a big hole for me. It's going to take a whole lot of time to hire someone. So I want to know, what would make you leave? And so this is number, this is, I guess I'm on number three now, is that when the when you're giving more to the job than the job is giving to you, then it's time for you to go. It's time for you to look for something else. What do I mean by that? Jobs as a part of your career don't just give you money. Jobs as a part of your career give you experiences, give you teaching and learning. They give you um, mentor, possible mentors, possible sponsors. They give you so much. And if you're in a career and you're stuck because you're not getting any of that, then it's time for you to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure... Okay, so you want to make sure that every single day, and I'm and I'm and I'm serious when I say every day, every single day you should be learning something on your in your current job that helps you move on to your next. The next one I would leave with you is um, about mentors and sponsors. Now I believe in mentors. As a matter of fact, I'm a professional mentor. Uh, what that means is that people pay me to mentor them because of my skills and expertise and my background, and so. Um, but one thing that I found, especially with women, is that women tend to be over mentored and under sponsored. Mm. We have mentor people will say they're your mentors. Oh, this person is mentoring me. Oh, this person is mentoring me. But know the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Now you need both. You need both. So uh, one of one of the things I will leave again, I think I may be on number four now, is yes. that you need both. So have mentors and have sponsors, but remember that mentors talk to you. Sponsors talk about you. So your mentors can mentor you about certain areas. You know, it it could be your career. It could be some other area in your life, but we'll stick to career. So you can have a mentor that actually works with you in your career. But a sponsor is that person that talks about you when you're not in the room. So, for example, I I have sponsors. I mean, I'm 59 years old. I'm at the level now where I sit on corporate boards. Boards pay me. Companies pay me to sit on their boards. And so when you get to that level, I sponsor other people. But there were people that sponsored me that were my sponsor that said, you know what? You're looking for a particular person with this particular background. I know the person. Sandra Wall-Williams would be an excellent fit for your board. You want to get to the point where people are calling your name and they have influence such that when they say your name to someone for an advancement in your career or for a board appointment or for whatever it is, that they have that sort of influence and they, they can recommend you and now your name is up higher. I'm not talking about here just dropping names. You know how sometimes people say, well, yeah. I know this, but I'm not talking about name dropping. I'm talking about someone that knows your work and know that if they say, okay, I recommend Constance for this job or Constance for this board chair or Constance for this, whatever the opportunity is, I they know that if they recommend you, then there's they don't have any doubts that put the kind of job you're going to go in there and do. So that's what a sponsor does. A sponsor already knows your work. A sponsor is more than a mentor because a sponsor has that kind of influence where they can speak about you and then you get whatever it is that they're talking about. A mentor can help guide you and support you and those sort of things. 
And sometimes your mentor and your sponsor may be the same person, but not all the time. So if you are in a company that has a mentorship program, then get in it. There should be no reason why anybody that has that, that is in a company that has a mentorship program apply to be in that mentorship program. Yes. I've, heard, I've heard people say, Constance, well, you know, I don't want to do it. Uh, there's nobody in there that looks like me. Well, you know what? I have mentors and sponsors that don't look like me at all. Mm -hmm. I had exactly. one, you know, and that's good. You know, one of my, because you need diversity there also. One of my, um, uh, he's, he's a mentor and a sponsor for me. He was one of my bosses. Uh, he was the president of the community college system. I talk about him to this day. Um, and I don't talk to him every day. He's not somebody that I talk to every day. Um, but when I when I was at the community college system before I retired, or before he retired, he retired first, he would always have me going places with him. And Constance, I would, I would like, I don't have time. I got work to do. I don't have time <laughs> to ride with you here or there. And so he, when he retired, I asked him, why did he do that? And you know what he said to me? He said, I need to mentor you because you don't have an old white male at your table. Mm. And, that, and that's who you're working with every day. And he's right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So you need that perspective. So so let me stop and see if you have any questions on, I have a couple more, but I'll stop with those who your entrance and exit, your mentors, you're documenting your experiences and documenting what you learn. Okay, and about the sponsors, that's, that's a good tip. And yeah. I put all these into the chat in the comments for the <laughs> listeners to see. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your LEAP project. Uh, yes. So LEAP is an actual system, L-E-A-P. And it's an actual system that stands for launch exceptionally into your accurate position. And LEAP is the, uh, the system that I use as I work with women and help women to help them strategize their career. And so it has uh, different parts to it. It's a it's a literally a step by step program that I help women to actually move them through as a part of a, my uh, overall next level of success academy. So Leap is the system that we use in, that I use inside the academy to help women to get to their accurate position. So it's all about understanding your values, understanding your worth, understanding what you bring to the table, and then making sure that when I you know one of the things that, that my grandmother used to tell me when you walk into a room, everybody ought to know you're there. You shouldn't exactly. have to say anything, but everybody should know that you're there. And so I've learned how to how to utilize the things that I know well to bring to the table my gifts, my talents, my anointing, my resources, everything that I bring. And LEAP helps other women to be able to do that as well. Wow. Wow. So do you have any books or any upcoming books? Mm -hmm. okay. I do. Can you I share have with us? Well, I've, I have a couple of a couple of books and they are uh, all on Amazon, a couple of ones I co-authored. Um, my very first book is called The Ministry Within and going back to the ministry, as we were talking about earlier, um, uh, The Ministry Within, it had that one. The others are uh, co-authors with on leadership and those are all on Amazon, uh, The Confidence Woman, um, Women in Vision. Those are all that I, co that I helped to co-author with other amazing, amazing authors. I'm working on one right now that is called Black Woman, White Boss. And these are the lessons that I learned from my white bosses as I have been moved up. Yeah. 
Well, I can't wait for that one to be released. <laughs> and I, and it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So okay. not just good things. It's the oh, good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Well, you know, we have to give it to them straight. So That's it right. takes the good, the bad, and the ugly to make it work. So yes. Yeah. Yep. And I yeah. learned from all three of them. I learned from yeah. all three of the good, the bad, and the ugly that all of that made me who I am, who I am today. So I get excited okay. about that. Yes, okay, ma'am. great. Okay, so if anyone wanted to reach out to you, mm-hmm. how would they find you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, I'm Dr. Sandra Wall Williams, no hyphen, Sandra Wall Williams. And or you can go on Facebook, it's the same thing. Uh, or you can go to my website, which is under construction right now, but you can go to drsandraspeaks.com. That's Dr. Sandra and Sandra's S-A-U-N-D-R-A, drsandraspeaks.com. And you can put in your name and your email and you'll uh, get connected to me with that way, that way as well. Okay. And I'll put all this out there so they can have it if they need it. But I'll tell you what, this has just been exciting and it's been very informative to me mm-hmm. so i'm sure it has been a benefit to those that's listened today it's dot williams.net or dot com okay. dr sandra speaks.com because i'm a speaker as well i do a lot of speaking <laughs> okay all right well i have all that out there so people can reach out to you yeah it has been my pleasure having you here today at the Speakeasy. I pray that you will come back and share with us again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You are a wealth of information. <laughs> and that is what my goal is to provide to my listening audience. Information that can be of a benefit to help them improve themselves and their place in life. Yes, ma'am. So until next Sunday, same time, same place. I thank all of you for coming here and joining us at the Speakeasy podcast today. You could have done anything else, but you chose to come here and to spend the time with us. May God continue to bless you now, tomorrow, and forever. Thank you.